Welcome to NHL Draft Class. I am Adam Kimmelman. We have made it through the NHL Scouting Combine. It was so great to be back in Buffalo for the first time since 2019. A week with you, Mike Morial. You knew you missed it, but I think after a week with the prospects and the scouts, you realize how much we all really enjoyed it. Adam, we had a we had a fantastic time. It, it was a great week, but you know, hey, we, we weren't able to get Bob at Air Check Bender on one of the bike tests, but we put him to work, man. Some great interviews, two great podcasts from the Scouting Combine, included interviews with Shane Wright, Yuri Slavkovsky in part one, Logan Cooley and Jack Hughes of Northeastern in part two. So check them out if you if you get a chance. Some great information. And not to mention, uh, we had a few laughs there as well. But some of the things that, you know, looking at the Combine and, and for those fans that are maybe just checking in, wanting to know what had happened or whatever, uh, Adam, you know, no players, of course, from Russia, the Russian leagues were at, at this year's event. Pavel Minchikov, Maxim Barbashev and Russian born Danny Zilkin, um, who actually played internationally for Canada at the, at the World 18s last year. They were they were at the combine, but they all play in the Canadian Hockey League. Of course, uh, Montreal was one of the teams that all the players, you know, when we were speaking to the players, they were asking the quirky questions. Um, about what animal would you say best represents you as a hockey player? That was like one of the one of the questions that just about every player was asked that attended the the Montreal interviews. And uh, something notable too, Adam, uh, the Sabers um, uh, Sabers only Terry Pagula sat in on the interviews for for his for his uh, for his team uh, with Buffalo during the combine. So it's not often you get an owner taking part uh, in the combine interviews, but I thought that was interesting as well. What what kind of caught your attention? Well, I, I want to ask you, Mike, what animal would you be? <laughs> Come on. If, if we went through, listen, we went, we went to the combine. We should at least take some small part in the combine activity instead of just, yeah. you know, I'd like to be an Eagle, to be honest with you, you know, an Eagle, I, 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 you know, something that kind of swoops in and makes something happen at the last minute when you're least expecting it. That's me, Adam. You know, I want to swoop in. I want to get something done. Get out of there as quick as I can before I get hit and knocked into next week. That's me, Eagle. All right. Good for you, man. <laughs> How about you? How about you? I'm going to go Lion, King of the Jungle, right? Okay. The top okay. of the food chain. Hey, just look. A, just about what everyone else said. That's a nice answer there, King. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Hey. <laughs> so we did We did learn other other useful things. I think what stood out to me and and was we talked to Lane Hudson from the U.S. National Team Program. And one of the knocks about Lane Really, the only one is his size. He's listed at 5'8", and I believe 148 pounds. But it maybe was the most impressive I've ever heard as far as prep work for an interview. He went and saw an endocrinologist, and the endocrinologist told him that his bone age is younger than his chronological age. And what that means is he hasn't finished growing yet. He's 5'8 now, but there's nothing that says in three years from now he could be 5'11". He said, you know, his older brother grew a couple of inches between age 19 and age 20. It's not normal for, for most people. Most people stop growing when they hit 17, 18. There's some more growth that Lane could go. And, and then you look at the skill set that he had. We talked about this. If Lane Hudson is six foot one, he might be a top five candidate. So yeah, no if he's, he's going to be 5'11", with all that dynamic offensive skill set that he has, I think teams that pass on him might really be missing something special there because – He's going to grow. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. And the player you're getting at, at 17, 18 years old is going to be vastly different potentially when he hits 20 or 21 and he's ready to jump into the NHL. So, so to me, 
you know, and he said when he went to that, he showed this information to teams. They were really impressed. They were really surprised. And I wonder if if the opinion got changed on a few draft boards when it comes to where they had Lane Hudson slotted. Yeah, the thing about Lane, too, that, you know, when we were able to talk and, and discuss things with him when he came into to our room, Adam, is he's you kind of get the impression he's a quiet guy, right? He, he's kind of laid back. Um, obviously on the ice, he's a, he's a, you know, outstanding player and is able to get things done, but he seems like a quiet laid back kind of guy off the ice, you know, in the questioning phase of things, but yet he had the foresight knowing that, you know, this was going to be the, the question that was going to be asked of him at the combine. And so he prepared, he knew what he needed to do to bring, you know, the, the information from the doctors that he went to, um, so a credit to him and doing that, he had a ton of interviews. Obviously there's a lot of teams that are interested in his services. I guess the question for Lane Hudson right now is where is he going to go? I mean, you know, in our recent mock drafts, uh, which are on NHL.com right now, you know, I have him going, you know, late in the first round. So, uh, that's an area I think he may go. If he doesn't go that, then someone will be able to get him early second and, and that team will be, uh, you know. That'll be a, a huge, a huge asset for them later on, um, you know, down the road. Yeah, you know, as far as and just I had Blaine going a little bit higher. I think I had him at Dallas to uh, to Dallas at number eighteen, but I think he's going to be a, a dynamic player. And as far as guys who are interesting, you know, who really showed well at the combine, Shane Wright. You know, let, let's talk a little bit about Shane Wright. You know, he was very impressive on our podcast. You know, what really stood out to me is when he was questioned during the press availability about his quote unquote lack of engagement. You know, there's a guy who really understands who he is and what he is. And I was really impressed by his answer. There was some significant pushback, which I think really spoke well to, you know, like you want to see these guys have a little bit of swagger, I guess is the right word. They want to have confidence. And I think his answer really displayed the confidence that he has, you know, in himself and in his skills. And I think it's well-earned. And to me, that that stood out. That was really impressive. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there's so much pressure going on. The the, the top guys in, in this draft class, uh, you know, obviously Shane Wright was impressive. I thought Yuri Slavkovsky. Now, I know Slavkovsky didn't go through the, the testing because he, you know, recently just finished up the world championship, played a lot of hockey. Um, so, you know, he, he, he took his option to, to not participate in the testing and, and, and you're even, you know, explained to us, uh, on our interview with him on the, on the podcast, uh, the part one of the combine podcast that, uh, you know, he'll probably be, uh, going through some type of testing during training camp with whichever NHL team does draft him. So that team will be able to see what he's, what he's like off the ice as far as training goes, but, knowing the size of this kid and the shape he's in and what he was able to do on the ice, Adam, I don't think there's going to be any doubts as to the physical shape that Yuri Slavkovsky is in. <laughs> no, he, he certainly looks like he's got the NHL size, the NHL strength. It, it, it's all very impressive. And, and again, and, and also much like Shane Wright, the personality of the kid just really stood out. But let's speak to someone who knows a little bit more about Shane Wright than we do. Joey Tanute, who specializes in Ontario Hockey League prospects for NHL Central Scouting, and he's just coming back from his first NHL Scouting Combine. So, Joey, thank you for joining us today in NHL Draft Class. How are things going? Things are great. Thank you for having me. Always enjoy doing it with you guys, and uh, yeah, excited to to have a little chat. 
Joey, I'm so glad you're the first guest here following the completion of the scouting combine. During the media availability the evening before the testing on June 4th, a reporter asked Shane Wright if teams were inquiring about his lack of engagement in some games and that perhaps he appeared to be going through the motions. Adam and I thought Wright had a real good response by saying, you know, maybe you don't have your compete every night. Sometimes maybe it looks like I'm not competing. Maybe I'm not skating. I think with the way I play, the way my game is, I'm not skating 100% full out on the ice at times. He said he's more of a methodical thinker, thinking the game ahead, which leads me to my question, which is, you know, Wright has been talked about and scrutinized since the age of 15. I mean, you follow him the past year and a half. Uh, obviously, last year, he, you know, he, the OHL season was canceled, but the previous season as well. So you've watched him closely. The pressure this kid has been under has been immense. But is this not as clear cut a decision at number one than we think, knowing what Shane Wright has gone through? It's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you you hit the nail on the head. Shane's been, you know, since I've been doing this, he's obviously the most highly touted prospect um, that I've scouted. Look at his career. He's He's gone from an exceptional talent, um, CHL Rookie of the Year, you know, then COVID hits. And then he comes and, you know, after not even playing hockey all season, he goes and he tears up the, the U18 tournament. And so... Uh, you know, Shane's a, he's an excellent prospect and, and, you know, I'll, I'll first and foremost, you know, put that out there that Shane Wright is a great prospect. I don't think it's as much as, you know, let's, let's criticize Shane's season as opposed to, yeah, I don't think it's a, a clear cut number one draft pick this year, but I think that's more, other guys playing themselves into the conversation. I think that, you know, it's, it's very easy to label a draft the summer before a season, but, you know, keep in mind, this was a fully scouted season following a a crazy COVID year where most scouting was done on video. I think that a lot of scouts learned how to, really utilize video. So I think that this year was a, a, a kind of a game changer, um, you know, with live views and now everyone knows how to properly use video. So, you know, I, I think that you could, you could scout these kids 24 seven if you have the time to do that. So I think that it's, it's very easy to focus on any type of negative you can find in any player. But I think that, you know, there's players that obviously had elite seasons and, you know, really put themselves in this conversation. So, you know, like I said, I think Shane's in that conversation. I think there's, uh, you know, going to be whoever the team that eventually picks. I know Montreal Canadiens have the number one pick right now, but, uh, you know, it's whoever, whoever picks this top tier group of guys, they're going to get a, an unbelievable prospect for their franchise. And I think it's going to come down to team want and need. They're all, all different players that all bring their own specific elite traits to, to an organization and all, I think have the potential to have excellent NHL careers. 
you know, Joey, when, when I hear the criticism of Shane Wright, I remember a, something a scout told me about John Tavares back in 2009 when there were all these reports that, you know, people picking apart his skating, it's not going to be good enough at the next level. And he just kind of said, this is ridiculous. John Tavares is the best player in this draft. You're, you're, you're foolish if you don't take him because all you've done is watch him for four years. You've stopped seeing all the good things and you can only focus on the flaws. And, and Shane even alluded to that a little bit at the combine. Do you think some of these criticisms, lack of engagement or, or, or whatever it is, it's just because all of the good stuff that you see, because you see it so much that when you don't see something that's on that level, you see that flaw and, and people are sort of focused too much on the negative and they're ignoring all the positives that Shane can bring to an organization. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, in scouting, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in, picking players apart it's very easy to uh focus on negatives and you know i think that at the end of the day it's it's a very good technique to you know to to maintain is to put most of the focus on the positive and you know when i look at shane you know he's an elite skater he's got elite hockey talent elite hockey IQ. He's a leader. He's the captain of his team. Um, you know, he's got hockey Canada pedigree. He's, you know, he's, he's been on the scene for a long time and, uh, he's, he's always delivered, um, just interacting with him a little bit at the combine. He, he seems like a, a great kid and a very good head on his shoulders. So I think that, uh, you know, whoever gets Shane right, they're going to sleep like a baby the night of the draft. I think he's he's a great prospect, and and uh, I I think he's going to have an excellent career. So, Adam, yeah, we really hit uh, Joey with two easy questions right at the top, huh? He and he handled yeah, right? it. He handled it extremely well there too. That, that that was great stuff there, Joey. Um, so a player like center Luca Del Bellabaluz of Mississauga seems to be coming in at so many different positions on mock draft boards from what I'm seeing. Central had him at number eight. Why was he at number eight? And, and what do you feel the ceiling is for, for the left-handed center? I feel he's got a very high ceiling. Um, you know, I remember scouting Luca a little bit in his, in his rookie year in Mississauga and, you know, then COVID hit and he missed a full year and, and just, such a tremendous improvement um, from his rookie season and dealing with the adversity of having a season off and just jumping out of the gates this year and, and just, you know, showing, you know, how he obviously put in the work, um, you know, part of, of my mentality going into this season was, you know, we're really going to see the kids that put in the, the work and did the right things, um, you know, during the, the off time in COVID. And we're going to see the kids that may have slacked. And I think that Luke is a prime example that, you know, he was ready to go. He was probably chomping at the bit to, to get this season going and obviously improved without even having an, a, a, a season of hockey. That's impressive. Um, I just think Luca has... You know, he's got exceptional offensive skills. Um, you know, he's a player that creates himself. He makes his teammates better. He's got, I think, underrated two-way 
um, game and habits. I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's more of an all around player than just a guy that puts up numbers. So I just, I, I think he's, he's got top six upside at the next level. I think he's got a long runway and, and a high ceiling. And I think he's a, a very exciting prospect. Yeah, from what I heard, too, at the at the scouting combine, he interviewed very well. So, And he was one of those players that Adam and I always saw at KeyBank Center walking around, making his uh, rounds uh, for the interviews. So uh, a great kid, too. Owen Beck is another Mississauga Center, Joey. Uh, intriguing option to me. He's number 10 on the North American side. Still still seems raw, but but I know that can also attract scouts and GMs. I'm still kind of wondering what type of player he'll be at the next level. You know, he, I know he's been key on faceoffs. He's shown that consistency. You know, when he played against Shane Wright, uh, he showed some pushback. That was something you even saw, and I know we discussed uh, at the final meetings. He looks like a possible maybe a middle six guy at the next level. What have you seen and liked about him, uh, you know, so far? I know this was his rookie year at Mississauga. Yeah, I think that uh... – you know, I think that Owen's got a, a ton of pro potential. He 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 plays like a pro already. I remember at the start of the season, we had our, our futures list out. And, you know, we, we didn't get a chance to scout these kids because of the, the last year. So really the the first time we were seeing a lot of these prospects was at this at the start of this year and and I remember going to an exhibition game in Mississauga and you know seeing a lot of these kids for the first time and immediately Owen just stood out to me as a as a top prospect um you know just the way that he is so strong on his feet um plays a a firm game he's he's just a well-rounded player very good skater um, you know, he, he doesn't overcomplicate things. He's a responsible player. He does his job. Uh, I think he's a, a guy that his coach really relied on in, in so many situations. And, and for a rookie coming in, uh, that's very impressive to really earn the trust of, of your coach and your team to, you know, be put in those situations and really excel at it. He, he, you know, Mississauga is a team that, you know, I don't know what the expectations for them coming into this season were. Um, and, you know, a guy like Owen and a guy like Luca um, really took those lead roles very early in the season and were key players all the way through. So I think that uh, just the all around game, how quick he adapted, the major role that he took on just versatile in all situations. Face-offs, you mentioned, obviously, is is a key to his game. And, uh, you know, I, I I think that he's a threat on both sides of the puck. Um, you know, he, he played against top lines and also, you know, at the same time as, you know, being responsible in, in working to shut them down, uh, you know, he also provided offense. So, you know, he's, he's a a player that a team is going to, you know, welcome into their organization and, uh, you know, he'll really fill a, a heavy role for a team, which, you know, when you're watching playoffs right now, he's, he's the type of guy that uh, is going to help carry teams, you know, deep into to the to seasons. 
in regards to when I talked to James Richmond, the, the coach out in Mississauga, and he said right in training camp, to your point, you know, he saw Owen was a guy who was capable of taking on this role where he was used in every situation. When you're talking about potentially bringing a guy into your NHL organization, a guy that without having a 16-year-old season is able to jump into a role where he touches every facet of the game. What does that say about the hockey, I, not just the hockey IQ, but the coachability of a kid? says a lot. It says a lot. You know, it's, uh, you know, coming off the COVID year, it's, it's unique. You know, he's, he's moving away from home. He's new surroundings. There, there's a lot, lot of adjustment that a lot of kids have to go through. And for him to, uh, you know, come in and really adapt and, and take on that major role and sustain it throughout the whole season, um, you know, with the pressure of having a draft year, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the league. Um, and I know he's an exceptional student too. So he, he's taken his schooling seriously as well. Um, so just very impressed with Owen. Joe, I want to ask you about David Goyette from Sudbury. He made a big jump up the final rankings to number 13 from 35 in the midterm. He finished a season really strong, 57 points in his final 45 games. It seemed like when I watched him on video, it's this speed that really stands out about him. David said he just needed some time to adjust to the OHL pace after not really having a season last season. What did you see in his game that caused Central to move him up so much? You know, like you said, there, there's, you know, we were, we were very prepared this year to give kids some time. And, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's, there's many, many kids in the OHL this year that, that needed time. And, you know, I think that, we saw the high-end talent very early. That was recognized immediately. Uh, you know, he's an exceptional skater, uh, speed, pull-away gear. And I think he just started to, you know, like he said to you, get comfortable. And, you know, he, he was thrust into a, a heavy role on a young team in Sudbury. And I think he, you know, really took that role on extremely well. He was, you know, top line guy, power play penalty kill, and, you know, played heavy minutes uh, against other teams, top pair D, top shutdown lines, you know, night in, night out, and still, you know, put up numbers and performed. I think, you know, David is, he, uh, he gets the puck and he just goes, he attacks, um, you know, he's a high pace player. He, he can do things with the puck at, at high pace in tight. He's got very good hands and, and instincts. I think that he's, he's really has game breaking ability. And, uh, you know, I think he'll take an even bigger step next year and, you know, he could, he could really tear up the league. So I think that, uh, you know, he, he's, and he doesn't, he's not just a one dimensional player either. He, 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 has a well-rounded game. He he does care about uh, the the defensive side of the puck. So I think that the future is very bright for for David. And then one other guy I want to ask you about is Danny Zilkin from Guelph. The things that that jump out at him jump out about about him to me is the hockey IQ, and then you combine it with the speed and the skating and the way he's able to execute at a high pace. Maybe the results weren't as good on on the back of the hockey card in the second half of the season. But when you watch Danny this season, what did you see? And could you a team and maybe select him late in the first round? Well, I think that, 
you know, Danny being a, a late birth, he, he had a full season uh, in the OHL. Um, so, you know, coming into this year, he, he knew what to expect. He was ready. He came off, uh, you know, a, a very good performance with the U18 team. Um, so I, I think that, you know, right away, when you look at Danny, you, you see a lot of pro um, in him. You know, he's got the size. He's a, a great skater, very skilled, um, navigates the ice very well. I think that, you know, he, he's a versatile player. I, I think he could play the wing or center. I've, I've seen him play both. I think that he can play power play, PK. So I think that, you know, he, he's, he's, he's further ahead of, of a lot of guys, you know, physically, uh, experience-wise. So I think he's, he's closer than, than a lot of players in this draft class to becoming a pro um, and handling that type of game. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that a team's going to get a well-rounded player, uh, whoever selects Danny. Yeah, one thing about Zilkin, I don't think people know. He, he originally was committed to Boston University at the age of 14, but chose the OHL uh, route instead, and, and he started his career, his OHL career with a bang in 2019. He scored on, uh, I think it was 90 seconds into his uh, first ever shift. So, um, yeah, Zilkin's an exciting player. It'll be interesting to see where he falls uh, in this draft. But are there any other players, Joey, maybe, you know, one or two other players, OHL players we didn't discuss today who, who maybe should be on our radar because, you know, you feel they may have great potential at the next level? That's a good question. You know, uh, two that, two that kind of come to mind, just, you know, just being at the combine and, and having some interaction with some of the, you know, some of these kids, I, I think that, uh, you know, Buchinger and, and Rohrer are two guys that, you know, really had very good rookie seasons. I, I think they're two players that improved, you know, on a, on a high trajectory all season long. I think that, uh, you know, these are, are kids that have long runways. I think that there's, you know, there, there's a lot more to, to come for both of them. I think that, you know, just like I said, just kind of inter interacting with, with the two of them at the, at the combine, they seem like really good kids and, you know, uh, I, I think that they, you know, it was nice kind of putting a face and a, a personality to, to, you know, a couple of kids and, and really all of the kids there that, you know, we, we scouted all season. So I think those two are going to be, uh, going to be excellent prospects and have a great future. So yeah, those are two that stick out. I know you were, you were drafted by the Devils in, in 2003, a long time ago. Did, did you participate in a combine, any sort of combine? No, I was, I was not. Uh, I don't think I was on Central Scouting's radar. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering your thoughts, though, on, on what you saw and learned uh, at your first, you know, attending the, the, a first uh, scouting combine. I was very impressed. I, I was impressed, you know, first and foremost with, uh, with the whole setup, uh, all the, the staff and, and all the, the people that put it together and, and helped run it, the, the hotel, um, 
staff was great. So first and foremost, I think that everyone that was a part of it to, to put on the event, all the testers and, uh, you know, from top to bottom, I was just very impressed with how smoothly it, it was run and, and how much people really cared and, and wanted to make it a special event for uh, these prospects. From a, from a standpoint, for, for, for speaking about the prospects, I was just extremely impressed with how they all carried themselves um, you know, how happy they were to be there, but at the same time, so focused, you know, we, we kind of had to make sure that kids were in the right place at the right time, but really we, there was, everyone was focused and dialed in on, you know, being where they needed to be and, and doing what they needed to do. Um, and it was, like I said, it was just nice to interact with, with players you've scouted. We don't interview players during the season. So, you know, to be around these kids and just, you know, kind of, like I said, put a face and a personality to the players that, you know, you're on the road scouting all year. It was, uh, it was a, a great experience and it was nice to, to see all these kids and how much hard work they've put in. And, um, you know, I hope they all have a special uh, time in their life with, with the draft coming up and I hope they all have a great future. Well, Joe, if it makes you feel any better, Mike and I also were not invited to the Combine. We just sort of showed up. But, <laughs> Joey, thanks again for joining us today on NHL Draft Class. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Mike, a lot of great stuff from Joey Tanute there. What stood out to you about some of the things that, that he said? I, I think the Shane Wright stuff was, you know, he was spot on with. Yeah, I do. Those were two, and I was being facetious when I said two easy questions in our interview, Adam. (laughs) You know, those were two difficult questions because let's face it, you know, Joey's with Central Scouting. He sees these players. He's out there to promote these players, um, you know, express what the, how good these players are and what they're going to bring to their NHL clubs. And Joey was very honest and candid in his response. And, you know, he did say, that, you know, maybe Shane Wright isn't the only player that could get that number one spot. And let's face it, we feel we, you know, there is that there from a lot of people, including ourselves, that hey, perhaps Yuri Slavkovsky could supplant him at number one. Maybe a Logan Cooley is another player that teams might be interested in. We do feel, though, and we feel strongly about it, that Shane Wright is the guy here. You know, and Joey did say that, you know, he's going to always be in the conversation with that that number one pick here. Teams and people sometimes seem to focus on the negative. We discussed that uh, with Joey. And he says, you know, th- this is a kid that, and we've been talking about it, you know, missed the entire OHL season last year, comes in as a 15-year-old, exceptional status, wins CHL Rookie of the Year his first season, then misses all of next season comes back and, and scores just under 100 points in the regular season. Maybe he didn't, you know, p- post the exceptional numbers during the playoffs, but he did score 11, uh, you know, he did score 11 points uh, for Kingston in, in the postseason. He was able to generate some, uh, you know, some of that offense that you'd like to see in helping his teammates. And that was one other thing that he spoke about, too, when asked about, how he helps his teammates during media availability. And he says, I, I want to do that. I, I want to help our teammates. When I asked him about, you know, his mom talking about uh, when I had a conversation with his mother and, and she told me that he's so good with the fans 
you know, and staying after games, signing autographs, taking pictures. I mean, that's all a part of being an elite athlete, being a being a player that's going to really, you know, do a lot of good things for whichever team does decide to take him in this draft. And he enjoys all that. And not only that, I mean, you and you spoke to this, too, when we in our interview with Joey, you know, you could just see the maturity about him. He, he just he just has that aura about him that, you know, he's going to be a guy that the media is going to go to for whichever team he plays for. And he's going to represent that club really, really well. What, what kind of caught your attention, Adam? Well, I just and just one more on, on Shane. Joey threw that word elite out a lot. Right. I caught it at least three or four times. So yep. he that that's not a word that scouts use lightly right we, we've been around them enough when when they're dropping elite references that that's a pretty big deal and that tells you what kind of future that Shane Wright's going to have but one of the things that stood out to me was was when he was talking about Owen back from Mississauga and you know I talked to James Richmond the coach out there and he said they had no problem putting Owen in every situation power play penalty kill five on five up a goal down a goal that elite level versatility is something that you don't see in a lot of 17-year-olds, especially ones who didn't have a 16-year-old season, right? Like Owen Beck went more than a year without playing a hockey games. And yes, he, he certainly is, is physically developed. And yes, he certainly has top-end skill set. But to be able to touch a game for a quality team, and, and Mississauga didn't have a lot of expectations coming into the season. You know, their top two centers didn't play a game last season in, in Owen and Luca Del Belbelouz. And we talked about Luca a little bit also, but with Owen... You know, there is a fearlessness among the coaching staff to put him out there in any situation. That speaks incredibly highly to what he's going to be in the future. He's a guy who looks like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a number one center in the NHL, but he's a guy that I think any coach that gets a hold of him is going to be really confident that they can put him out in any situation, no matter what, whether you need to defend the top, the other team's top line, whether you need a goal, He's a guy that's going to only help you win games. Yeah, no doubt about it. I agree. I agree totally with everything you kind of said there. I, you know, finished second. And, and one of the other things, like you looking up numbers and, and and watching him on video, he's extremely good on faceoffs. He's a right. He's a right-handed center. Um, so he finished second among OHL skaters, not just rookies, all skaters, and, and faceoff win percentage this year at sixty point six. He was tied for fifth among all OHL rookies in points with fifty one. And he tied for ninth among all uh, OHL rookies and assists this year with 30. So this is a player that, as you said, Adam, you know, uh, missed his entire season last year, came in, you know, there was a lot of hype around his game and what he might be able to prove. And I think he did that. So I went back as a player for sure that uh, I, I feel as though is, you know, could go in the first round, which, by the way, I did have going in the first round. Uh, I had him actually going number 20 in our most recent mock drafts, Adam, that uh, were released on NHL.com this morning, uh, June 7th. So I had Beck actually going number 20 to the Capitals, just feeling the need. They need some type of shutdown center in the mix there. Um, My one, I guess my one biggest adjustment that I made from our earlier, our first mock draft 1.0 uh, was the fact that I now have um, Frank Nazar uh, from the U.S. National Team Development Program under 18 team going to the Buffalo Sabres at number nine. I, did, I didn't have him, as you can recall, Adam, I didn't have him going in my top 16 uh, in the earlier mock. So heard a lot of good things about Nazar, was getting a lot of good feedback from the scouts and, and what they had to say about him. 
obviously one of the finest skaters for the NTDP this season. Some might say that he might be their best skater. Um, and he was able to put up the points. He scored 70 points, including 28 goals in 56 games, had nine points in six games at the at the U18s, uh, where the U.S. finished uh, second there. And he's going to attend the University of Michigan, uh, you know, next fall. So um, he's going to get the training, the development that you need to become a, a, a potential superstar in the NHL. I think that's what he's going to become. Really smart, good IQ. Uh, and he's a right shot forward plays with that energy. So that's why I wanted to move Nazar up to number nine to the Sabres uh, in the upcoming draft. How about you, Adam? You know, the one for me was Ivan Maroshnichenko. You know, he's a guy that I talked to a few people about him and, and, you know, if we were, if everything was right in the world, he was healthy. He's probably a top 10 candidate, right? With, with the skill that he has, the size, the skating, but obviously things aren't right in the world. And we talked to Dan and Dan Marr said it at, at the combine that Ivan has finished his treatments. He's training as his body allows for next season. Hopefully he's able to play some of next season and get back to where he was. But if he is, you know, I think a team with, with multiple first round picks with like Buffalo, like Arizona, you know, Anaheim, you take that extra swing. So I have Ivan going at number 31 to Arizona. They've got seven picks in the top two rounds. I talked to Bill Armstrong, the, the Coyotes GM, and, and he said, we plan on making all seven of those picks. Obviously, he said that Saturday, things could have changed in the last 48 hours. You know, and, and, they've, and he's got something else in mind with those picks. But if he keeps them, and if they have that, I'm sorry, number 32, because they have Colorado's pick. Um, if he keeps them, you know, why not take a flyer on a guy? Because you've got extra bullets in the chamber. Why not use them on a guy? There's a high level of reward. There's some risk, but there is a high level of reward if he gets healthy and you're able to get him to North America. You know, he seems like a guy that could really help any organization with that. He's got that power forward build. He skates so well. You go back and you see him at the Holinka Gretzky tournament. He, you know, he, he was an outstanding player there. I think he was uh, the Ru- Russian team's captain. You know, the skill set is, is everything you want in an NHL power forward. If he can get back to that level, I, I think he will make a team very, very happy. Somebody's going to take him. Somebody's going to draft him. I don't know where, but I think if I'm Arizona and I have that last pick in the first round, you know, there, why not? Right. Because there's only upside there. Yeah, that that could happen. I don't have Marischenko going in the first round. I I do think he'll be somewhere in the second round. Uh, the other Russian player that could go relatively high in the first round is Danila Yurov. Um, you know, he uh, real smart, hard two-way forward. I have Yurov going to the Sabers. Uh <laughs> Frank Dzar going earlier. I have him going to the Sabers at number 28. The you know, of course the Sabers have three picks in the first round, so you know, like you said, Adam, you have multiple picks. Maybe you take a shot and with their third pick in the first round, I think the Sabres will take a shot with, with, with your off. And, uh, you know, I, I really like the player. And again, uh, talking to scouts and, and just kind of getting that feel for things. You just don't know where these players are going to fall, which is why I have him going a little later. Well, I have him going earlier. I have him going 11 to San Jose, you know, more than a point and a half per game in the junior league in Russia. I just scout compare him to, to, to Marion Hosa. So there's a lot of similarities there. So, I, I mean, look, the world is what it is. 
but Danila Yurov wasn't coming to play in the NHL next season. I think we can both agree on that, correct? Yes, yes. So you draft him. You weren't bringing him over anyway. The world's going to be a different place two years from now, three years from now, when you're ready to bring him to North America. You hope, at least we, we hope things have changed and you're able to get him here and get him in your lineup. But man, there's a guy with a ton of upside. And if you're comparing someone to Marion Hosa, it's a guy I'd want to have in my lineup. So you you have to be patient. You have to be willing to play the waiting game. But I think somebody's going to be very happy when they get Yurov over here to North America. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see where these Russian players fall. I, like I said earlier, you know, we didn't get to, to speak to any of them uh, that were playing in Russia. Uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, and it, But then there's just that, you, you know, you just don't know. I mean, we've always kind of experienced this Russian factor. It seemed to be trending better in recent years, but now we, you know, now we're in this situation, uh, this world crisis, and um, you just don't know what's going to happen for how many years, Adam. And I know we keep discussing this. So you just don't know what's going to happen. So in, in my eyes, I think teams may look for the sure thing uh, in the first round. Now, it's not saying Yurov won't be drafted because I have him going in the first round. But some of these other Russian players who are good players, I just don't know if it'll be they'll be first round uh, first round selections. Yeah, and that's the fun of the draft. I, I, I don't know about you, but this was probably the hardest once you got down past, what, 17, 18? Yeah. Who's going to go where? Because there's, you know, 30 guys for 15 spots. Absolutely. It, it, it was tough to gauge. And, and a lot of these players have similar qualities. But as the season wore on, and like Joey was mentioning to us in our interview with him, you know, as as this season progressed, you started to get a better feel for these players. I mean, early on, you have your opinions, players to watch list, who we should be, you know, really focusing on. And then middle of the season, you get a better idea. Well, maybe these are the players we should focus on. That's what Central did. And that's why they came about their rankings. And, and, you know, I thought they did a fantastic job, not only with the final rankings, but at the uh, at the scouting combine as well, Adam. Well, if you want to get a better feel for some of the top players in the 2022 draft, check out our previous episodes of NHL draft class. We've talked to some of the top players like Shane Wright, Yuri Slavkovsky, Logan Cooley. We've also talked to some of the top scouts. Gordon Stube was on to talk about some of the top international prospects. Greg Rajanin talked about some of the top players in USHL. Uh, John Williams is on to talk about some of the top players from the Western Hockey League. Definitely go back and check those out. Free to download, free to subscribe anywhere you enjoy your podcast. And we've got more to come, Mike. We're, we've shifted into full-time draft mode, right? Absolutely. We'll have more great episodes of NHL Draft Class upcoming, talking to the scouts of Central Scouting on some of the other leagues that we haven't uh, yet touched upon. And uh, beginning on June 12th, everybody, uh, we're going full force with our NHL draft coverage on NHL.com. We'll have at least two stories a day leading up uh, leading up to the NHL draft in Montreal at Bell Center on July 7th and 8th. So look forward to that, Adam. It's going to be a, a great rest of the month here. Absolutely. Draft season is one of the funnest seasons around. And you can check out our mock draft now live on NHL.com. We talked about that a little bit earlier. If you want to send us some feedback, I am on Twitter at NHL Adam K. Mike is at Mike Morial NHL. But for now, NHL draft class is dismissed.